climbable if you dare for our new road trip through Scotland. Scenic and beautiful, but of course, looks can be deceiving. Join your hosts as they take you through some of the most terrifying places Scotland has to offer. If you'd feel safer, you're welcome to wait in the camper until we return. Just know it's had a history full of attracting some heinous, curious creatures, thus being its intended purpose, of course. Fleeing, however, would be ill-advised. Who knows what strange things you'll encounter out there. So far, far from home, where no one will hear you scream. Let us light a warm fire and begin our tale of horror. Your victims, I mean your listeners, have been warned. Shay. Thank you, voice. Always a pleasure. I'm Shay, and I'm here in our cryptid camper with my good friend Tom. We'd like to thank you for being brave enough to join us for our fourth season of Scare Your Pants Off, our Scotland road trip. This is episode one, and for our hunt, we've set up camp in the Edinburgh Castle. How are you doing, Tom? I am really, really good. How are you? I'm really, really good. I'm excited to be in Scotland. I mean, even if, unfortunately, we're not really in Scotland. I wish we were, but I'm really excited to be doing this season. Yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. Going international. Scotland is a very cool country. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the season. Nope, me too, for sure. Um, so have you have you done anything? Have you watched anything? I know, like, right now when we're recording this, we are um, just under a week prior to Thanksgiving. So that's generally a hectic time but have you have you had time to do anything fun or watch anything good um i did but what let's talk about um something we watched together uh just a few weeks ago we watched a couple we we had a hangout over a mutual friend's house our friend roy um he has a projector and we watched a couple movies and then we played some games and stuff and so oh, we watched two movies, which, <laughs> but uh, the first one was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> that movie was amazing. It was so bad. So everybody, if you're going into this watching it, don't expect cinematic glory. You're going to get the campiest thing you've probably seen in a very, very long time. Yes. Um, it's so I was super excited to see this um, because I mean, a, a horror version of Winnie the Pooh. I, how freaking awesome is that? Uh, and, you know, and they're able to do it because Winnie the Pooh is technically tech, um, public domain uh, now. So I'll say uh, to Shay's point, it's super campy. The kills. Amazing. There's some amazing, amazing kills. But gosh, was that a frustrating movie. Like, the, the people, as they're getting killed, they're not trying to run. They're not fighting back. They're just screaming. They're just yelling. They do some of the oddest things. Oh, we should call the cops. And then they just don't. They put their phones down and lock arms and walk around. And it, it was, I was just, 
<laughs> it was very frustrating at points. Again, the kills were cool. I loved just the, yep. you know, the Eeyore mask with the tusks, not Eeyore, uh, Piglet mask with the tusks. Um, even the Winnie the Pooh, I know some people, I've read that some people didn't like it. I, I liked that mask, um, but man, and <laughs> was it, was it, uh, it, it, very frustrating at points. <laughs> it was absolutely infuriating at some points because they it, this this movie absolutely has some of the dumbest people I've I've ever seen in a horror movie. But it actually doesn't just have some of the dumbest people I've ever seen in a horror movie. It actually has some of the dumbest people ever surrounding the horror movie. Did you hear about the like elementary school teacher that? Um, yes. quote unquote accidentally played it for her class and it wasn't until a half hour in where she realized there was a problem. You've seen this movie and that first half hour would something have caught your eyes? Yeah, like the first five minutes. Yeah, I read about this. I believe it was in Florida and the kids started complaining and she let it go another half hour. <laughs> like after the kids were like, we shouldn't be watching this and i want to say and i could be wrong on this it was like a math class on top of that it wasn't even like it was just but the kids are like yeah i don't think this is the version you thought it was no and oh very inappropriate for children <laughs> very why there uh is a sequel coming and it's got a much higher, higher budget now because that was made on a very, very small budget, under a million dollars, I believe, and uh, which is pennies nowadays when movies cost 200, 300 million just to make. Um, and, but it did well enough, earning like over 10 million between home video and everything else that it was. They've redesigned uh, at least the Winnie the Pooh mask um, I believe they've redesigned all the masks and it's gonna get a higher budget. So definitely interested to um, see, see that sequel whenever it comes. I mean, the strike just ended. Uh, I don't know the actors they used, if they were even part of the union being a lower budget, but I assume now with a higher budget, they will be using some union actors. Um, luckily that strike I just ended. I don't know if they actually ratified everything um but supposedly both strikes are over so that's a good thing that is um, a good thing but yeah um so the other movie we watched abraham lincoln versus zombies <laughs> that movie was that movie that was that was a movie that we watched that was <laughs> yes that was a movie <laughs> um it was so we were looking after we watched that one we were looking for something more that we could you know just kind of make fun of and laugh along with and and so and we came across that movie and guys it's not good in any way except no. if you like bad horror if you like bad horror like i do like shay does like um you will like it because it's ridiculous these zombies that sleep during the day but 
at points were asleep at night and it just it doesn't even follow its own rules and no. you got abraham lincoln <laughs> fighting zombies it was absolutely and, ridiculous and he was keeping amazing. it a secret he was keeping how you kill them a secret but doing it in front of people but like oh, I, I know how to do it I'm like what but this is how you do it that's the secret tell them that's how you do it done i was so oh my god it was so bad eight of them died and then he was like go for the head after all of them died <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it was it was very bad and it's and it's it, it's definitely a different level of camp it's not the same level of camp as like winnie the pooh it's it's legitimately a bad movie it's not i mean yeah. it is campy but it's just bad so if, if that's not your bag, don't watch it. But if it is, jump on in, maybe smoke a little and enjoy because it's it's exceptionally bad. John Wilkes Booth, part of the yeah, um, part of, part of his little squad, and then yep. and then uh, Stonewall Jackson, who's just like comes across as the most rational of all of them at points, which is just. Oh, oh it was amazing it was amazing yeah so i i mean other than that i have been um what did i uh goosebumps i'm loving that show i've been watching that yeah uh i haven't watched this week's uh episode yet uh but god justin long is so weird and awesome he's amazing i don't there has to be yeah. like a scream queen equivalent for a guy like Justin Long, and it can't be Scream King because he's not a Scream King. He's he's not he's not like, he's not really a final guy because he's usually not the final guy. And yeah. and it's not it's, we need to we need to work hard and try to figure out anybody has any suggestions, please. What do we call Justin Long and and um and even uh, Elijah Wood like someone like them that really kind of odd guy that does really strange things in horror movies and um. But yeah, I mean, I yeah, would watch something. Yeah. And I'm like, because I was listening back to the episode where we talked about that a little bit too. And I'm like, what could it be? It's got to, it's got to rhyme. And for some reason, I keep getting stuck on scream. So then <laughs> it should not be this. But I thought of scream peen. Um, <laughs> there's, there's actually coffee on my floor right now. That is amazing. If that's not, I mean, scream. He's a scream peen. That's what he is now. I don't even. I don't even care. That's literally what Justin Long is. He's a scream peen. A scream peen. Sorry. I legit just spit coffee all over myself. It's fine. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a, a full-on spit take. <laughs> It was very, very good. I like it. He's a, uh, the our our resident scream peen, <laughs> Justin Long. So I hope you, I hope you like it. If you're listening, you too, Elijah Wood. You're also a scream peen. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh, face hurts. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. My cheeks. my cheeks are like on fire right now. Oh, okay, so yeah, you like you're enjoying you're enjoying goosebumps. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> um, and uh, I finished Loki. I get, I'm on the behind on a lot. What about you? You watch anything good? Oh my god, I finished Loki. I so Loki just had he just has a special place in my heart. I love Loki. I feel so bad for Loki. I honestly don't like Odin because of how he was with Loki. It's messed up. You don't you don't take in a kid and then treat him like that. And I, I know it's super shitty because Loki did some awful shit, but I love Loki and I'm not gonna lie, and I won't I won't give it away I won't give away too much because I don't know if anybody it's it's still reasonably new, so I don't know if anybody's actually gotten all the way through it. So no spoilers, don't worry. But the ending legit choked me up. I choked like I had like some moisture forming in my eyes and I had legit lump in my throat. It was beautiful and he that's exactly what he fucking deserved. I loved it. That made me so happy. Yeah, it was great. The ending was great. Um it was a deal in a time travel show or movie that made sense too. It's yeah. like usually when you get time it, at some point it just stops making sense and it made sense and they did a really good job of explaining afterwards why it made sense or it, how it made sense. Um, just an amazing show. It just so, so good. I watched, I actually watched one episode, the first episode of something new, and I want to see if you've heard of it. So it's on Apple and it's called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I've seen it on there, but I, I haven't watched it or anything. So. So I I love the Godzilla universe. I love 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 the Godzilla universe. I and it it this the first episode we watched it last night with dinner, and this show had me in the first five minutes. I was there. You saw uh, I, I think it was like Mother Longlegs and um, and uh, can't remember, but it's it was a it was. It was so perfect, and it takes place mainly after the, I think it was the 2014 Godzilla attack on San Francisco. So, if you love Godzilla, like I do, you're gonna want to check this out, and it's, and it's so well done, it's so interesting, and it's, everything just looks, it's not cheesy looking at all. And thankfully, the, the newer versions of Godzilla don't look super cheesy like they used to, but you still love those, because they're cheesy, but... Um, Godzilla absolutely has a, a life he has never, I never thought he'd get to have again, but that's, I'm very glad he's back and, and big and uh, it's fantastic. Oh, I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, you won't be disappointed at all. Um, so before we start, actually, before we go on, unless you have, do you have any other shows you want to talk about? No, I'm good. So I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about a the special story episode that we just pushed out, and um, I okay. I want to talk to our listeners about it a little bit because um, we do that in in appreciation for the people that listen. It's that takes uh, countless. I I think I edit those for a fifteen minute episode is is about a six hour edit for me. And it's, but it's the story and then the acting and then the everything. And we just, we hope all of the listeners realize that we all come together and do that because we are so appreciative that you're listening to us and that you're here and that you're here with us for our crazy stories and our banter and 
our insane ideas of stories and everything. We're just, we're so glad you're here. Yeah, that was, uh, those are really fun. I, I mean, that's a lot of editing. I didn't realize it was six hours, but it's, uh, they are a lot of fun apps. That was very fun episodes. Yep. Now, another thing I want to bring up, because it's our first episode in Scotland, so I feel like it would be in our best interest to let everybody in on a, on a, like a handful or so of some fun Scotland facts. So, um, do you know Scotland's official animal? The dragon. No, it's a unicorn. Really? That's cool. I didn't it's, know that. That makes that makes my inner child very happy. That is very cool. Have you seen a Scotland flag? I feel like I have. Have I? There's a dragon on it. I'm pretty sure that's Scotland. Yeah, it was funny last night of all things because at work we have a wall where people put up like where they're from, like the, where their family's from. They put up flags and stuff. And I walk in the office, and Barbara, she's like the executive assistant slash office everything. She had it on her uh, picture with the dragon on on it, and I look, and I go, "Oh, that's cool. What is that?" She goes, "That's." I'm pretty sure she said that's the Scottish flag. That's where I'm, you know I'm from. Scotland. My family's from Scotland, and I was like, oh, "Fucking dragon, red dragon on top of that." Ooh, that is cool looking. Okay, everybody, Google that. That is very, very cool looking. For a flag, right? I mean, most flags are like some stripes, stars, maybe stuff like that. A couple shapes on it, but they actually have a freaking dragon. A freaking dragon. Freaking dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All anyway. right. Now, the next thing. So anybody that knows me, I have tree tattoos. I love trees. I literally, walking in the woods, I touch all of the... I love trees. I touch them. I like how they feel. I, I like how they make me feel. I, I just whatever. So in Scotland, they actually have the oldest in Europe. It's a twisted yew tree, Y-E-W, and it's more than 3,000 years old. So if you look at this tree, it literally looks like it's just a bunch of trees. I It's a, it's absolutely stunning. If you love trees, also Google that. Um, Scotland has the highest, and I'm not surprised at this, the highest proportion of redheads anywhere. So uh, on and then also, uh, Charles McIntosh invented the raincoat, and he was actually born in Glasgow, Scotland. Um, Robert the Bruce, this is a fun fact, Robert the Bruce was actually the one that was nicknamed Braveheart, not William Wallace. There you go, uh, Mel Gibson, ha, we know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, Edinburgh, Edinburgh was the first city in the world to have its own fire brigade brigade and then one more fun fact i'm sure a lot of people know this one but i love this fact is that uh the scots invented golf if you don't know the story and you want a historically accurate telling of how this happened you're gonna have to google robin williams scottish people invented golf because that is exactly oh yeah robin williams uh, Scottish golf bit. It is the funniest thing I've probably ever heard. 
and it will have you in tears. It is so freaking funny. I believe, don't they have, I, I believe they have one of the most famous golf courses, maybe the oldest golf course or something in the world. But like, I think it's like they do a big event, some like, I'm not a big golf guy, golf fan or yeah. anything, but I think there's a big event somewhere in Scotland. So that's really interesting. That would make sense. Really interesting. All right. Well, have you got anything else? on that stuff nope all right well if you want to jump on in i believe you have our first creature or cryptid for scotland pay no attention to those distant screams of terror i'm sure they're just our heinous creature or cryptid you should be safe right here i do so a lot of cool creatures in scotland real lot um and uh, yeah just a lot to choose from i went with one that wasn't my first choice but i picked it because it seems like a lot tied to this one relate to it in some way get mentioned in it so i thought it might be a even though it wasn't my first choice a good one to start with just because others are going to reference it and i so i went with the brownie, which is also known as the bruni, which is also known as the brundai, which is also known known as the grugok. Um, have you heard of it? I I've only in name really. I don't know a lot about it. Yeah, I I knew a little bit, but not much. Um, so. The brownie is said to be a household spirit or hobgoblin from Scottish folklore um, that they come out at night while the homeowners are fast asleep. They are said to perform various chores like sweeping, mopping, and dusting, and or farming tasks like tending to fields, milking cows, gathering chicken eggs, and whatever you have it, those sort of farming chores. And uh, I love this because this just reminded me a little bit of the Menahune because they come out at night when everybody's asleep and they do their work at night when nobody's around like the Menahune used to do in Hawaii when they constructed something. Um, it is said that the human homeowners must leave a bowl of milk, cream, or some other offering for the brownie, um, usually near the hearth. Descriptions of brownies tend to vary slightly depending on their geographic region, but are usually described as ugly, brown-skinned, and covered in hair. They are almost always male which I found interesting. There are a few female uh, brownies. Meg Malak is one of the more famous ones. If you guys are um, interested, that's Meg, M-E-G, and then uh, a separate second word is Malak, M-U-L-A-C-H. Uh, in the oldest stories, they are said to be human-sized or larger, but in more recent times, they have come to be known to be very small and wizened. 
They are also said to be capable of turning invisible, not unlike Menahune again, and can also shapeshift into animals, which I thought was really cool. They are always either naked or dressed in rags. And if a person attempts to give them clothes or baptize them, they will leave forever. So I guess that happened. A, a, a homeowner saw the creature, thought that he would baptize it, bring him into the light of the Lord or some, I don't know what he was thinking. And the creature left his home forever, never to be seen again. Um, oh, that's awful. I know, right? They are said to be easily offended and will also leave their homes forever if they are insulted or taken advantage of or taken for granted in any way. Brownies are said to be characteristically mischievous and are often said to pull pranks or even punish lazy servants. In extreme cases, if they are angered, they may turn malicious, like boggarts. And boggarts are similar to the uh, to the brownie. It's a, a household spirit or a malevolent spirit, uh, that, but they inhabit fields, marshes, and places like that. Brownies actually originated as domestic tutelary spirits similar to the Lares in ancient or Lars in ancient Rome. And by that I mean is that they are envisioned as protective spirits of deceased ancestors. Their folklore, name, and attributes change depending on geographical location, but both brownies and Lares are regarded as solitary creatures devoted only to serving members of their household. In fact, they are often thought to be the spirit of a deceased servant of the home. And that just like in the tale, uh, uh, the English tale of the cold lad of Hilton, the story states that the cold lad was actually the ghost of a stable boy who was murdered by one of the lords of Hilton Castle in a fit of rage. Uh, the boy was described as naked and he would clean up anything that was untidy or make messes of things that were tidy so that he could clean it up again. So not much more here, but um, so what are these things? Because I've kind of jumped around in categories when I've, when I've talked to that talked about it. We talked about, yeah, I said hobgoblin, then I'm talking about ghosts and stuff. So. Well, in the 17th century Scotland, they were often regarded as demons, but this perception changed in the following centuries. Now, I kept saying they're the ghost of a deceased... Uh, I kept saying that they were uh, the ghost of deceased... Uh, and they were the ghost of um, deceased servants or whatever, so aren't they just ghosts? Uh, but, according to the experts on the matter, you can make a good case for the brownies to be classified as ghosts, but, but most, 
of the leading experts reject this classification, stating that a brownie has an adaptability, individuality, and homely tang which forbids one to think of them as merely a lingering reminiscent image. So others have claimed or tried to claim that they are a relative of elves, but most scholars on the subject disregard this as well due to the fact that uh, if brownies are treated well, they would do a great deal of work for the family, whereas elves are thought to be freakish and mischievous. And remember, up until recently, they were thought to be human-sized or larger. Another theory is that they may be related to fairies in some way. Those same scholars, though, state they cannot be part of the fairy family due to a few distinct differences. First brownies are said to live alongside humans in houses, barns, and or on farms, whereas fairies are said to reside in remote places, like deep in the wilderness. Fairies are seen as dark and dangerous, where brownies are usually harmless unless angered. And finally, brownies are known as solitary creatures, where fairies are thought to live in large groups. So, that's about it for this creature. Um, I don't know what you'll all classify him as. I think I'm going to stick to the Hobgoblin classification myself, but, uh, thoughts? So, so, I'm getting wicked Dobby vibes, and I know, like, the description doesn't 100% fit, but I'm getting Dobby vibes, and I don't, I don't 100% know why, but that, that's, where my, that's where it brings my mind to. I had that picture in my head um, when I was researching it as well, so I'm with you on that. All right. Now, so another thing is, so I, I got you got to love a creature that works hard and stands up for themselves. No, I don't share your beliefs. No, I don't want to do this. I'm going to leave because you're not worth my time. I like that. I like a creature that stands up for themselves. Um, I love that scholars, scholars have input in this. I love that. It gives it like a validity that you don't get a lot. I, I love that you yeah, that's that's a good part. <clears throat> now when you're describing how like it cleans and it makes a mess and then it cleans and just makes another mess, that sounds a lot like me when I'm when my ADHD is at its worst and I'm trying to just clean my house because that's exactly what I do. So I must be a brownie, funny enough, because I was a brownie as a kid, because you know little girls brownies yep. but um <clears throat> one more thing that kind of made me chuckle that you, you brought up larry's right yeah now i and i don't know where i got this habit from i don't know where it came from in my life i don't know where i heard it and i'm probably the only person i know that has ever said it so i don't know where it came from but when i'm drinking something no matter what it is i'm a slow drinker i don't drink a lot i don't i don't I'm horrible at hydrating. I know it's it's a bad habit, but it's me. Now, the bottom of it, if it sits for anything longer than really not a very long time, I now can't drink it because in my head, it's more than 75% saliva. Even if it's my saliva, I can't. And I call that the Larry's and I can't drink it. And I don't know why. And it's like, it's literally like the bottom inch of a bottle or a can. I can't do it. I, ju I just can't. I, it's not... It's not edible for me. 
I'm with you. I, when I I don't drink anymore, but when I did drink, I same way that that if it if it had been sitting for even a few minutes, it was if I do it all and it's still cold and drinking really fast, it was okay. But if I had been sitting, yeah, no, no, it would make yeah. me gag almost every even if it was the first beater of the night it'd make me gag just just the yeah. thought of it it wasn't so much for me thinking about the saliva but more like the warmness and just but yeah. um well then you have like stuff from the air and stuff and it's not even just beer like it's soda it's juice coffee i can't anything anything if it's covered like with a straw i'm okay for some reason i don't know why but um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not not even just alcohol. I wish I wish it was just alcohol because I really don't drink very often. But no, anything I drink, water, juice, soda, coffee, anything. It's it's Larry's at the bottom because I love it. I That's even awesome. if I even if I stare at it and I know what's happened to it, I, I something awful has to have happened to it because it's the only thing that makes sense. So. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <sighs> well, thank you. All right. Well, do you have anything else on um, the brownie? Uh, no, I'm good today. All right. I'm going to jump on in to our first haunt in Scotland. Ah, you're still here. Step on in for those terrifying haunted tales. I'm sure there's nothing to really be afraid of. I'm going to talk today about Edinburgh Castle. I apologize if my pronunciation isn't right. I did Google it and everything tells me to say it like this. I didn't want to be offensive, but the Edinburgh Castle. Have you heard of that? I have. I don't know much about it. I just, I have heard of it because Edinburgh is one of their, you know, is the capital and uh, yeah. so. So you're right. It is the capital. Oddly enough, though, it's not even the biggest city. Glasgow is actually the biggest yeah. city, so that's kind of cool. Now, <clears throat> Edinburgh Castle was built on a land formation called... Now, if you know us, and you know we're horror fans, and you listen to Season 2, you're going to know how we feel about this fact. It was built on a land formation called Castle Rock. Ooh. Yes. Nice. Great now, show. Fun, yes, such a good show. Now... Fun fact, the first time Castle Rock ever appeared in a Stephen King book was actually in the 1979 Dead Zone story, so. I did not know that. Yeah. Now, it has been inhabited by humans since the Iron Age. That's about 5th century BC. Going international and being in Scotland now is blowing my mind just in our first time research because there... There's nothing that we found here that even remotely touches that. That's absolutely astounding to me. Like, like we have awesome history. We have old history, but like, like this is old history. Yes. Now, the castle was built as a royal residence as early as the reign of King David I from 1124 to 1153. It remained a royal residence until it was transitioned into a military barracks. Now, research done in 2014 proved that 26 sieges in its 1100-year history 
and that makes it, and I quote, the besieged, the most besieged places in Great Britain and one of the most attacked in the whole world. Now, here's some of the here's some of the attacks that happened. So you have uh, wars of Scottish independence from nine, sorry, not nineteen. Yeah, I'm totally still in the U.S. From 1296 to 1357, the siege to free James III of Scotland in 1482, the laying siege from 1571 to 1573, the Jacobite Rising from 1750, sorry, 1745, and it's currently in the care of the Historic Environment Scotland. That's actually the name of this, like the the group. Uh, it is Scotland's and the UK's second most visited paid tourist attraction, and in 2019 alone, it had over two million visitors. Wow! Right. So I'm gonna hop in to the haunts that happen here, the the things that are still there. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is the Grey Lady. Now, the Grey Lady could be two people. They're not sure which one. Uh, it could be Janet Douglas, a.k.a. Lady Glamis. Uh, King James had a grudge against her. Sorry. King James had a grudge against her brother and had her family and servants tortured into giving fake evidence against her. She was then burned at the stake for witchcraft and treason on July 17th of 1537 in front of her 16-year-old son. Now, in Scotland, just for a frame of reference, as opposed to the Salem witch trials, in Scotland in the 16th and 17th century, there were thousands of people killed for being a witch. Now, that's more than 1,500 people, mostly women, and they were mostly strangled and burned. Now, Salem had 200 people accused, 30 found guilty, and only 19 were hung. Not saying only like 19 is not a bad number, that's still an awful number, but 15, more than 1,500, that's insane. That is, that's a, if you don't know, until you know, it's crazy. That's crazy. Now, the second possible gray lady was Mary DeGuise. She was the Catholic mother and regent to Mary, Queen of Scots. Just a quick background of Mary, Queen of Scots, in case you were wondering. She's actually who started the witch trials in Scotland. And her son, King James VI, was one of the biggest aggressors until he found, he decided that it felt wrong, but it was too late. Now, uh, the Mary, Queen of Scots became queen at six days old when her father died, hence the need of her mother, uh, Mary DeGuise, to be the Catholic mother and regent, because six days old isn't gonna really do a lot. You know, (laughs) (laughs) um, she died in 1560, and her body was shrouded and kept in a lead coffin to curb the smell before Protestant nobles would allow her body to be returned to France for burial. The next ghost we're going to talk about here is Muckman, 
or as Eric lovingly named him, Mr. Shit Out of Luck. And I'm telling you right now, it fits. It's a good name. Now, <laughs> he's possibly one of the castle's prisoners held in the dungeons. It's said that he climbed into a wheelbarrow filled with muck. Now, I know it's going to sound like a dumb question, but do you know what muck is? Um... I will, whenever I picture muck, it's like, maybe, you know, I picture a farm and a bucket, maybe, and it's like mud, maybe little, like some um, excrement from animals and detritus and stuff like that, but that, that's just what I picture. I, I, is there a, like an official or an actual term or definition for muck? So it is literally the shit and hay or feces and hay from an animal stall that had been sweeped out. So it's all just the cleanings from the bottom of, I always just thought it was like mostly mud, maybe just with some yick in it. But um, yeah, apparently it is quite literally what animals leave under Ugh. them in the stalls. <clears throat> now, I never knew that. Yeah. Now, he jumped into that, hoping to be dumped into a soft pile of manure to escape. However, he was shit out of luck. <laughs> And instead, he was <laughs> right. Instead, he was dumped over the castle's battlements. Now, for anybody not knowing, it's like the top of the castle. You see, like the the little holes where like the cannons can fit through and stuff. That's the battlements. Uh, he was thrown off of that with the muck, and he broke his neck, and it shattered his entire body on the rocks below. It said that his spirit is foul smelling. And he tries to push visitors over the battlements to join him in death. Interesting. Now, the Piper. Uh, the, an entrance to an underground tunnel was discovered in the castle depth more, many, many years ago. A regimental Piper was persuaded to explore them, playing his pipes as he walked, so his progress could be followed. Eventually, the pipe stopped. He was never found or seen again. The tunnel was sealed, but people say they can still hear his pipes coming from under the castle. And we have one more musical musical ghost here, and it's the drummer, and he is headless. Uh, he was first seen drumming a warning signal in 1650, just before the castle was attacked by Oliver Cromwell. Ever since this has happened, he was seen as an omen of danger. Now, my favorite, because we're about to tie into Stephen King for the second time, and I know it's not really coming from Stephen King, but we're going to make a Stephen King tie-in again, and it's the dog. Now, Edinburgh Castle has its own pet cemetery, not SEM, unfortunately, but nonetheless, it has a pet cemetery. Now, many mascots and pets of soldiers are buried there and many, many visitors have reported seeing a scruffy black dog roaming the castle. So, that's what I have for my hunt. What do you think? I love it. Sorry, I've been ta I've taking a lot of notes. Um, great choice. Uh, <laughs> like you were saying, just how old stuff is over there comparatively. And we have old stuff here, but yeah. like... The country only goes back to the 1700s, this country, and then, or 1600s, 
Um, it, there were people before, obviously the natives, but we don't have a lot. Uh, a lot of their culture wasn't written. It was done through oral traditions, and, and the Vikings were here early. But they, there's not much on that, so it's it's crazy. When I was over there uh, in England, I remember we went to a pub and. A big thing in the United Kingdom, or Europe in general, but in the United Kingdom especially, is who can claim to be the oldest pub in the world. And pub, in like pubs, uh, the way pubs have transformed over the years is different. I mean, they essentially just started as people making um, a malted alcohol in their homes and like in their bathtub or whatever and then kind of sell it over their home out of their homes people stopping by and stuff but i went to a pub that claimed and i could be wrong on this but it claimed that they their first drink 66 so or 1044 or it's something like that so it was crazy, like kind of walked down and it was kind of like underground, the walls were all stone. It was wild. It was it just so old and so interesting. So I'm right there with you on the fascination of this stuff. I mean, we're going to 5th century BC. I mean, that's it's just crazy. Yeah. It's um, So the 26 sieges and under attack basically um basically like constantly for 1100 years or whatever it just uh yeah it would make sense um that this place is haunted i just love the fact that mary queen of scots became queen at the age of six days old yeah <laughs> that's uh, a very interesting fact i didn't know i didn't know that muck actually had its own <laughs> um uh definition so love the story of mr shit out of luck that is a uh just a, a great great story um oh back to mary queen of scots in a lead coffin for the smell but lead god dude, that's yeah. just yeah like people didn't get really sick uh the witchcrafts up like the gray lady burnt possibly being burned at the stake um just the comparison that you had made over 1500 people put to death versus the 19 um it's and, and like you said 19 is horrific so over 1500 and then probably you know, like who knows how many accused probably over you know 5000 or something and 1500 were killed um just insane uh, um oh I love that Mr. Uh, Shit Out of Luck is foul smelling. He's a they they put that in there that he's a, he's a foul smelling spirit. Um, and the headless drummer, uh, just funny picture in my head. I love that idea. Uh, I, I I love the headless anything. Feel back to the person that's headless, but a headless horseman, headless something, just adds a creep factor. Um, Piper, very cool. Um, yeah, great choice. Oh, oh, and, fi and finally, the pet cemetery. I'm a sucker for any place that has a pet cemetery. Same. Pet cemeteries just add a creep factor that are is just uh, amazing. Great choice. Loved it. Well, thank you, thank you. All right. Well, if you want to jump on into our first Scotland's uh, encounter. That'd be, uh, yeah, whenever you're ready. 
Ah, uh, you survived. Just long enough for our encounter beyond strange. Yeah, so I had the um, strange encounter, and this one I found very interesting for a few different reasons uh, that I'll get into. But I ended up going with it is it's known as either the Taylor incident or the Livingston incident or the Deckmont Woods encounter. Uh, have you ever heard of it? No, it does not ring a bell. So, on November 9th, 1979, Robert Taylor, a former war hero and current forestry worker for the Livingston Development Corporation, experienced an incident of high strangeness in Deckmont Law, is what it's called, but Deckmont Law is it's a forest, the law is the forest, in West Livingston, West Lothian, Scotland. And I hope I'm saying Lothian right, I'm not sure, but it's L-O-T-H-I-A-N. Um, according to Taylor, who was on his way home, he parked his pickup truck on the side of the road near the M8 motorway and walked along a forest path up the side of Deckmont Law with his dog. Now, in some reports or versions of this, there was no dog, and he was actually working alone, checking fences and gates at Deckmont Woods or Deckmont Law around 10.30. And about this time, he came across a strange ship or object in a clearing. In his testimony, the 61-year-old Taylor reported that he saw a 30-foot-high, domed-shaped object or craft hovering above the clearing. He said it was about 20 feet, 1 feet in diameter, a quarter mile from where he had parked his truck. Taylor described the object as dark as a dark metallic material with a rough texture like sandpaper, and it featured an outer rim with a set of small propellers. He also claimed to smell a foul odor like burning brakes or burning rubber. Awestruck and amazed by what he was seeing, he began to inch closer and closer. But all of a sudden, two smaller spiked spears popped out of the craft and seized him. He compared these two spiked spheres to sea mines that they use in war, which are small, metallic, spherical um, objects with spikes coming out of them in all different directions. The spears grabbed each of his legs and began to drag him back towards the craft. And as he was being dragged is when he passed out and lost consciousness only to awake about 20 minutes later, all alone in the clearing, no craft, no spikes, spears, nothing. Dazed and most certainly confused, he started to make his way back to the truck. Now, in some versions, it said he could not start the truck, um, so he walked home. In other versions, he actually drove the truck into a ditch and then couldn't get it out or start it and, and 
and uh, he walked off. In, in both cases, he ended up, or both versions, he ended up walking home. When he got home, dazed and disheveled with both pant legs ripped, he told his wife that he had been attacked by a spaceship thing. Not really sure what it was. Not knowing what to make of his story, his wife called a doctor and then the police. The, the police? I know. This is going to get interesting. This is, this is going to get interesting. So, uh, the doctor did a checkup on him and treated the cut, scrapes, and grazes to his chin and thighs. The police took his statement. They also took his uh, pants for forensic analysis and then accompanied Mr. Taylor back to the spot of the encounter. And just as you were saying, I love this because it may be the first and only time that the police did a big investigation into an alien UFO encounter. Um, in fact, some of the resources I used said that it is really the only major UFO encounter that was investigated by any type of just normal local police. So, very, I, I, uh, I just love that. But I will say, though, the police were treating it more as a criminal assault than a UFO encounter. But, again, it's still cool regardless. So, when they arrived, there was no ship or craft. But they, they saw strange marks on the ground. There were cha uh, tracks or marks on the ground that looked like a ladder or... Um, bulldozer tracks like picture a big uh those caterpillar bulldozers with the the almost like the tank tracks that they drive on that's what they said the tracks look like and there were 32 holes approximately three and a half inches in diameter and a few inches deep each so the police did go to Taylor's employer, Livingston Development Corporation, to try to match the odd tracks and holes to one of the pieces of their machinery, but no such luck. Uh, De Detective Con Wark would say, after examining every piece of machinery they had up there, we did not find anything to match. And. Another odd thing that this Detective Con Warp noticed was the marks were only in the clearing. And he would say this about them to further elaborate, it'll make a little more sense. They did not come from anywhere or lead from lead to anywhere. They just arrived as though a helicopter or something had landed from the sky. Uh, so there's not too much more here, but to this day, the police have not given a rational, earthly explanation to what happened to Mr. Taylor on that fateful day, or what left the marks in the ground. The official police report stated that the marks looked like an object of several tons stood there but there is nothing to show it had been driven or towed away. As for his pants, they could not determine the cause of the rips as well, and 
1979, there really wasn't DNA analysis, and they were looking at it as an assault, so nothing really became of the pants, and they actually now belong to famed author and ufologist Malcolm Robinson. So over the years, people have tried to debunk the case with theories ranging from hallucinatory berries, that he ate some berries that made him hallucinate, to black ball lightning, which black ball lightning is very cool, but that is becoming more and more common for uh, strange encounters. Oh yeah, it was black ball lightning. No, there's usually a big difference between black ball lightning and a ship. Um, and even a mirage of the planet Venus. It's, um, so, yeah. But, there is one that's a little more plausible in my opinion, but I still don't think it's actually what it is, but it does, it, it, it makes a little more sense than those, is that the fact that Mr. Taylor had meningitis 14 years earlier, and um, in July of that year, he had suffered from headaches and a series of seizures. So, maybe he had some sort of epileptic fit or a stroke. Remember, he did smell burning, uh, like burning rubber or something. That is, you know, when somebody has a stroke, they usually smell burning before, or like right before they have the stroke. So, I don't think it is it, but at least it's a little, it, I, in my opinion, holds a little more weight than he ate some berries and hallucinated or any of those other ones I was talking Mirage of Venus. I mean, come on. It's, yeah. they, they sometimes get a little um, ridiculous. So, like yeah. I said... Okay. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's about it for this one. I, I, If you found this interesting, there's a lot of great resources out there, guys. Google it. it, it it's a fascinating case. And I'll just finish with that you've, uh, famed author and ufologist Malcolm Robinson that I mentioned earlier. He's, he's studied thousands and thousands of cases similar to the just, and you know, all sorts of UFO cases. And he, in his opinion, this one is one of the very, very, very few that is actually real. And that's it. Uh, great choice, awesome. Now, um, so a couple, I've, I have some notes. So I feel like I don't recall another time, short of maybe the Fresno Nightcrawlers, that the the thing that went after him, the things that went after him, weren't humanoid or even animal-like. And not even like an amalgamation of the two or, or, or something like that. They were almost mechanical feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah, I loved that too, because yeah, maybe, like you said, maybe the Fresno Nightcrawler, but other than that, it's, um, yeah, you don't get, and it would make sense that there would be some mechanical ones or something, or robotic or whatever, whatever the term is. I'm glad you brought that up. Good point. So, another thought that I had too. So, um, and it's, there were 32, 37, the, the holes in the ground, it was 32 or 37 of them, right? 
So, the way you describe so the spiked spears are the are these creatures in it, and I'm I like I'm picturing these giant these like heavy metal things. So what if like what if maybe could it be instead of like whatever craft it was having thirty some odd legs or something like that? Could it have been multiple creatures just kind of standing still and watching as the other two dragged it on? I mean, because it's it's I mean the holes are circular and I'm assuming they're circular and it's I feel like it could almost be have been like a like a like a watch party I guess of them kidnapping this guy and, a, or, or seizing I him I hadn't thought of that but that's a really good point that's a really I yeah that makes sense so something I don't know why what kind of picture it's like I'm picturing the sea mines but I'm also picturing these creatures now you you're kind of a Star Wars fan right you bit, you're yeah. into Star Wars a little bit. I'm picturing a spiked BB-8 for some reason. And I know oh. BB-8's a little bit different. But I'm I, you know, I, if BB-8 was just one single ball as opposed to a couple on, on top of each other, you know, uh, I don't, that's what, it, for some reason, I keep getting stuck on that for that in my head. For some reason, I'm not Star Wars enough, so it's not where I went initially. Cause I honestly didn't know where to go initially, and yeah, that's absolutely that makes a lot of sense. Like a like a heavy, mean-looking little BB-8. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, I don't know why. I like I said, I'm not a big Star Wars, but I know that character. I've seen it like in toy stores and stuff. The 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 toys of BB-8. So, I, uh... that was really good. That was a great choice. Um. Yeah, I like it. it was, yeah, I found it super interesting. Um, and yeah, just the fact that it was investigated by the police, I just love that. And then just some of the explanations they try. Another, I didn't bring it up. It is another person tried to say that he, uh, it was he mistook it for a water tower, a town over. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my, oh my god, this poor, you know. <laughs> The explanations that they give are just so ridiculous sometimes. Well, because they try to make people... Yeah, it was a fun one. They really try to make people look stupid. A water tower? He's probably lived there for some time. He's probably seen the water towers before and probably knows what they look like. Doesn't sound like he was an unintelligent man. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But that's... I digress. Yeah, he worked outside. (laughs) It's like... Yeah, they do. They try to make people sound dumb, so... But yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. So I guess, do you have anything else? Nope. I guess we're wrapping up our first ever Scotland episode of season four. So um, we want to thank everybody for joining us. And we're so glad you made it out alive. Now, be sure to come back next week when our hunt brings us to the Edinburgh Ball. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. They're all yours now, boys. As always, thank you for joining us. Come back next week, if you're brave enough. For those looking to take it one step further, be sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our terrifying new website, too. SYPOPodcast.com And spread the word. Tune in on all major platforms.